Hello, my name's Ken. And I'm Abby. And this is Teach Medieval. Abby, uh, just like me with the Crusades, you've begun to record your first episodes too about the Wars of the Roses. Uh, and there's a whole host of incredible experts lining up to chat to us. But come on, whilst we wait for these to be recorded and edited and uploaded, how about you and I have a little chat about the Wars of the Roses and why you think it's a topic that deserves exposure at A-level? Why, oh, why, oh, why does it even need its own podcast series? What do you think? You don't have to twist my arm, Ken. It sounds like a brilliant idea. I am more than happy to chat all about how brilliant the Wars of the Roses are as a topic to both study and to teach. Why, oh, why the Wars of the Roses? What is it that makes it your number one topic? Why did you choose to teach this at A-level? And why would you like more people to be teaching it at A-level and more students to be studying at A-level? Okay, without giving you the entire life backstory as to why I fell head over heels for this subject, I'll try to summarise quickly why I truly believe this is one of the greatest topics ever. Ooh, ever? Ever, honestly. For me, this topic is the perfect example of, oh, I know this story. I feel you can ask anyone about Wars of the Roses and the simple House of Lancaster versus House of York narrative is always going to be the most prevalent thing they can talk about. Those two roses that divided the country that were finally united under the banner of the Tudors. But contrary to depictions in historical fiction, television, and even the press, it is so much more than Warwick the Kingmaker and evil King Richard III murdering, supposedly, his own nephews in the Tower of London. It is a period of time that has very real consequences for ordinary men and women. It's a time of political upheaval, warfare, rebellions and popular risings. And it's just fascinating to pick out the rationales behind this. Was it for the cause of good government? Was it baronial factions? Or was it simply just individuals concerned with property and power? As Dan Jones says in his phenomenal book, The Hollow Crown, this is a dangerous and uncertain period in which England's treacherous political life was driven by a cast of quite extraordinary characters, men and women alike, who sometimes resorted to unfathomable brutality and cruelty. Good Lord, I'm sold. Uh, but how do the students find it when they're diving into this topic at the start of year 12? Again, I think because students feel like they know the narrative, they know the story, it's a great opportunity to watch them unpick and unravel the almost mythology that surrounds this topic. I mean, how can they not be engaged? It's a period full of incredible drama and intrigue. The sudden collapse of Henry VI, the political intrigue of Richard, Duke of York, the brothers of York turning against their own brothers, the rise of foreign influence in each ever-turning wheel of fortune. As Thomas Penn says in The Brothers York, this became an inward, destructive chain of rebellion, deposition, vendetta, fratricide, usurpation, and even regicide, all stemming from one dynastic, potentially slightly mad, family. Of course, students are going to find this engaging if it's presented in an academically thorough and yet exciting way. Add into that, it's all in a place they can recognise. And I genuinely believe it's just the perfect medieval topic. Fantastic. Look, but what we always get asked and what we always get challenged with as, you know, passionate teachers of medieval history is, that, does this matter in 2022? What's, what's, what's relevant about it? Uh, why, you know, when it's already you know, accessible through TV drama, etc. Why, why do we need to be occupying 
our students dealing with it. Yeah, okay, often it does feel as though The Wars of the Roses is never out of the news or off the television, but let's be honest, that's mainly about Richard III and the princes in the tower, especially since the recent discovery of Richard III's remains in Leicester. But on the other hand, this for me just highlights the dynamic new research being conducted into the period. Students can gain a deeper understanding of the popular debates surrounding the conflicts. This isn't just a forgotten part of history. And because of the diverse nature of the Wars of Roses, historians continue to generate debates and questions. And how exciting is it for a student to know you can take part in these? But in terms of quote unquote relevance, at its heart, this topic is all about what drives individuals into certain decisions and the subsequent consequences of their actions. And how can that not be relevant today? Yep, exactly. Uh, you can find relevance in every subject, um, you know, no matter how distant it is in the past and no matter how distant it is geographically, whatever, spot on. I, it, it really does, <laughs> my quote, when people say, medieval history, nah, right? It's not relevant anymore. Um, Right. Here we go. Well, excellent, Abby. Thank you very much indeed uh, for that quick chat. Uh, while we wait for our first episodes to get uploaded. You are very welcome. I've been Ken. And I've been Abby. And this is Teach Medieval.